0: Love talk radio good evening and welcome to the Loosier huddle podcast i'm your host sammy jobs tj inman will be along with us shortly today we are recapping indiana's 24-17 win over the rutgers scarlet knights in Piscataway this saturday and we will preview indiana's trip to columbus the number three ranked ohio state buckeyes on saturday we'll go over what we liked, what we didn't like, uh, causes for concern in the Rutgers game, and what we think is going to happen in the Ohio State game, what IU needs to do to keep momentum going forward uh, for the rest of the season in their quest to become bowl eligible. Uh, TJ, welcome to the show. How are you? I'm doing well,
1: yeah. It's, um, it was certainly uh, felt like fall there for about a week. Uh, back to a little bit more like summer. Uh, this week, but it was nice to have have a weekend where you didn't sweat walking outside.
0: Yeah, well, you weren't sweating if you uh, weren't watching the IU game. Uh, You got a little hairy there at the end. um, And it's just a win. They were up 24-7 at halftime. The offense is clicking. The defense played pretty well. Outside of that one mistake uh, on the opening drive, you felt good. And then it's like they didn't show up in the second half. Uh, ended that game 24 17. It's another uh, second half shutout for Indiana. They were shut out in the second half of the Virginia game. And it just it left you with a sour taste. This is a game maybe IU was overlooking Rutgers a little bit, felt safe with the 24 7 lead. Uh, sat on that lead and and said, let's go take take the fourth win and and go on, on to Ohio State. But what are some of your takeaways from the game on Saturday?
1: Well, you know, I, I think first and foremost, uh, we have to keep in mind Indiana did win on Saturday. It didn't end up kind of feeling like it after the game uh, because of how poor the second half was in a lot of aspects. But they did win, and, and ultimately – what you're left with is a four and one start uh, after the month of September. Um, And, you know, that's a positive. So let's, let's get that out of the way. Uh, Just in terms of the game, you know, I thought the first half was pretty good. You know, you had the penalty, the roughing the passer on the first drive, uh, which extended Rutgers. It would have been a three and out, um, you know, an ideal start. They didn't even get a yard prior to that penalty. Uh, but then you've got the Rugby the passer, uh and Damian Willis. Rutgers capitalizes on its scores. Um, you know, and it puts Indiana down seven nothing. IU's first drive was aided by Rutgers penalties. You get on the board at seven seven. If you okay, fine, you know, let's settle down here. Uh, you know, and then Indiana gets ahead at twenty one seven and then hits steel goal, which, you know, props to Logan Justice. That was a very very nice kick, uh, from him. And you, you get to uh, 24-7 at the half. Um, you know, I was surprised by how little uh, Indiana was handing it off. Uh, Stevie Scott's not had very many, you know, traditional carries uh, in that contest. Um, that was I was mildly surprised by that. But you know, the passing game was working pretty well um, in that first half, and the defense overall I thought did well, uh, particularly. You know, when Sikowski, um was pressured, there was really nothing going on for that Rutgers offense. Uh, you know, the second half starts, and it's just, uh, as you said, it's like they didn't show up. It was a sleepwalk in the second half. Um, almost as if they were just, you know, waiting for the clock to expire so they could leave. Uh, there wasn't, wasn't much positive going on. And really, uh, for most of, you know, for that third quarter, Rutgers didn't have anything positive going on either. Um, I mean, really, their offense didn't do anything that third quarter. IU's offense didn't do anything that third quarter. Uh, It was entirely dull um, and just, you know, 15 minutes passing, really, uh, without anything happening. So, you know, fourth quarter gets going, and and that's when things kind of really started to fall apart. Uh, Stevie Scott has a fumble. Um, You know, I I know he fumbled on back-to-back plays technically. I thought the first play he was, down I thought but uh, either way, you know, he fumbles, loses the ball, uh Rutgers takes advantage of it, Rutgers gets a field goal and you know, you have a, a possession where uh I use force to, to uh, get run a pretty odd play where they force Rutgers or Rutgers chooses to jump off sides. Uh, kind of epitomizing why they're a bad football team. Um in Indiana wisely Takes advantage of it, throws deep, uh, and one of the rare vertical passing plays that I use offense had uh, gets first down and win the game. I, I mean, uh, overall takeaways I didn't think the defense was poor. Uh, I thought overall they were fine, uh, definitely left some opportunities on the field, plays that they could have intercepted if they did not, uh, or plays that they could have gotten sacked if they did not, but still. I thought they played okay. I thought the offense was ridiculously conservative in the second half. Um, and really just uh, I, I didn't think that they were uh, nearly aggressive enough in a situation where they could have just with one score in the third quarter could have could have really just ended Rutgers' day. I don't think there would have been any type of comeback. Uh, that game would not have been the least bit stressful. If I, you even just put seven on the board in the third quarter – with one successful drive. Um, you know, I, I'm a little worried about uh, the offensive line's run blocking. Um, they were far from dominant in that area on Saturday. Uh, and then I, I think you have to be somewhat concerned with um, IU's inability to stretch the field vertically. Uh, it's, it's it's just not there right now. Um, and you've got guys like Nick Westbrook and Donovan Hale that uh, are largely relegated to um, somewhat irrelevancy in this attack right now because they they are unable to stretch the field vertically with Peyton Ramsey. Um, you know, I, I that is a that's a definite concern going against better defenses coming up.
0: Uh, yeah, and to go back to Rutgers, I, I thought the offensive line early on played okay. Uh, later on, when Rutgers back the box uh seen that that's you know they didn't play as well tom allen said that there were some communication issues getting signals in uh getting signals correct along the offensive line and that kind of communication which for a veteran offensive line uh who's been together for three or four years it, it, that's just not a good look and maybe that goes on on the coaching staff and um and all that we've seen this this team run better than they did last year but it, Rutgers is the worst defense in the Big 10 and, and they barely squeaked out 100, 163 yards and, and we'll see and a lot of that was Peyton Ramsey just taking draws up the middle yeah. and, and scrambling i thought that the the play call uh, another play call that um people were complaining about was the 4th and 8, or 4th and 9 from the 18-yard line uh, in the red zone. A field goal makes it 13. Uh, it down touchdown puts you up 17. Or uh, um, Touchdown, yeah. 17. Uh, yep. or a touchdown yep. puts you up 13. I don't know. I forgot what it was. It, it would have been 27. No, you were right. 27-14. Uh, yeah. Okay. Whatever it was, a uh, touchdown really would have sealed it. A uh, field goal um, makes it a, a a thirteen point game, and really doesn't. Uh, I mean, it's still two touchdowns to beat you. Um, yeah. And Tom Allen is. I don't know what study he he cites uh, when they do that, but it, uh, you go back to that Michigan State game last year where they kicked the field goal to go up six and the touchdown beat them, and, and that's ultimately what, what happened. So, you know, you'll you'll see that play in itself. Um, it was a wheel route to Jason Harris. It kind of looked like a fade at the end, but uh, it was a wheel route. It was just poorly thrown. Uh, he gave the receiver no chance uh, to make a play. Itself. And, you know, you like the aggressiveness. Uh, in it, they probably have kicked the field goal, eh, maybe, uh, but it really didn't make a difference. But it, it's just that that throw was awful. Uh, on that, I thought Peyton Ramsey he played well, three hundred total yards of offense, played well. Enough. But again, as as you said, he, they're not stretching the field vertically. They're wasting out Nick Westbrook, Donovan Hale, um, guys like that. Ty Fogle had a had a touchdown wiped out. Uh, and he continues to lollipop these throws. Well, yeah, he's completing 65, 70% of them, uh, but that's not going to get the job done. You're supposed to complete 65, 70% of your five-yard passes. They've got to get the deep passing game going. If they're ever going to get these defenses to loosen up and, you know, give your offensive line some help uh, in in getting guys out of the box, uh, that's, I think is a, is a big deal. Uh, and there were guys running, running open. Uh, I don't know if you saw him TJ, but you saw a couple of times Ty Freifogel and, and others, um, and others were running open downfield and he just locks onto a receiver. That's usually a check down guy or something short across the middle and, and gets them there. So Indiana has got to take some shots here. Going to get some shots here downfield uh, to loosen up that defense. Uh, we've lost TJ for, uh, for a minute, so I will uh, go on a little bit more about uh, the Rutgers game. It, I mean, anytime you win on the road, it's nice, but this one left you with that sour taste in, in your mouth, and he's lucky to be 4-1. Uh, and one. Uh, That was a game where, you know, you really should have came out, put 35-40 uh, points on the board, I felt good. Got some of your younger guys in on offense. Maybe see Michael Penix uh, there, which uh, the situation with Penix, I, I'm starting to feel that the red shirt is, uh, the red shirt is coming. And I, I think that big mistake, uh, TJ, is, is red shirting Michael Penix. I had a chance uh, to put him in 24 7. It's a a fairly stress-free environment as far as playing in a Big Ten game goes. You had a chance to to play him in Virginia in a little bit more of a stressful environment. You had a chance to play him against Michigan State in a stressful environment. At some point, they're going to have to make a decision. Right now, I think that decision is to redshirt Michael Penix, which I think is is not a good decision. Uh, It's... At Indiana, we said it, TJ, all summer is that they need to be they need to be aggressive. And this is not the aggressive move. Uh, the other move would be to be play a, a two quarterback system. I think these two guys complement each other really well. Peyton Ramsey has shown that he could lead this offense. Uh, pretty easily, he's a threat running the ball. Uh, he could throw it enough uh, to where he's he's effective, uh, but. To get to that next level, you're going to need Michael Penix's big arm in there uh, and, and stretch that field. So, what are your feelings on Michael Penix?
1: Well, I think the large concern uh, game sample uh, remaining in this season where the question is should Michael Penix play or not? And that would be Iowa, Minnesota, Maryland, and Purdue. Uh, Can you beat two of those four teams or more? It has to be at least two. Can you beat at least two of those teams uh, in order to get to six wins with only Peyton Ramsey? Um, I don't know if the the answer to that question is yes. Uh, I can tell you I would feel more confident in things if Michael Penix were a part of the offense. Uh, And for me, um, if the coaching staff agrees with that sentiment, uh, then the answer has to be you play Michael Penix as a part of the offense. Um, I'm not suggesting he should be the full-time quarterback because I, I don't, uh, He's clearly in the coaching staff's minds, which, um, you know, that's the one that matters. I mean, they've seen him far more than we have. Uh, he's not ready for that responsibility, but we've seen him as a part of the game plan. Uh, and I think he's shown enough to be ready for, for those games and, um, uh, I personally, I think he um, he needs to be a part of it if Indiana is going to uh, reach back to the bowl game. I, I hope I'm wrong about that. It doesn't look like that's part of the plan. Um, but you know, I think Indiana is going to need some really good defensive performances if they're going to beat Iowa, uh, Maryland, Minnesota, and Purdue. Uh, if they're going to beat those four teams, they're going to need the defense to be really, really good because I personally don't think the offense uh, will be putting up large point totals um, without a vertical passing game against those defenses, uh, particularly um, Iowa's defense. Is gonna be, it's going to be really difficult to score on those guys um, with a uh, threat to stretch the field. Um, and then you, you, know, you factor in, obviously, Penn State, Michigan, and Ohio State are still left on the schedule, I mean, good luck moving the ball on those teams when they know uh, if they feel that you can't throw it more than 10 yards down the field accurately.
0: Uh, Good
1: luck, because if they have eight guys in the box, uh, the offensive line has no chance.
0: Yeah, and that's exactly right. Now, those are all toss-up games, according to ESPN's FPI. Uh, Yeah, and I
1: agree with that. I do. I agree with with that.
0: With IU being slight favorites in all three of them. Yeah, I I use slight favorites, according to FBI, in in all three of those, the Minnesota, Maryland, and Purdue game, uh, and two of those at home. Uh, So, you know, they're toss-up games. But you don't have to make it this hard on yourself. You have a chance to go get, uh, you know, a win against Iowa and a win against Minnesota and enter. November not needing a win against your biggest rival at the end of the year uh, or, or a win against a dangerous Maryland team to go to a bowl game. And, you know, at this point, I has got to make it easy on themselves, and they just haven't done that. I, I, I like Tom Allen. I think he's the right guy for the job. He's going to go the way Bill Mallory if he doesn't change his mindset of, hey, I'm in charge of this team. We've we got to be aggressive. We have to roll the dice. If something's not working, if we're being too conservative, because if he doesn't go to a bowl game this year, that momentum's dead in the water. Soon, that pipeline to Florida is going to dry up because you could only sell families so much, win games, and go to bowl games. Uh, and that, that pipeline might, might dry up. And when that dries up, you're back to being a seller dweller and could be, you know paddling Rutgers and and Illinois and school for the bottom of the the big 10. And that's not, that's not good for a program who needs momentum, who needs financial support from from the alumni to build up these facilities that other schools are are built to, to to keep pace. Otherwise you're going to fall behind again. And it's going to be very difficult uh, to climb out of that hole. Now I don't think Tom Allen's on the hot seat. He signed a secret deal I believe that that's what it was, but at some point uh, he's got to start winning games, and he has a wonderful opportunity uh, to do that this year. He has a good team, and what's holding him back is the quarterback play, and I, I will talk until I'm blown in the face about completion percentage and how it's almost a meaningless stat. You look at Trace McSorley. Trace McSorley is not a great com- – percentage guy but he's the best quarterback in the big Ten, uh, arguably and yeah. it, it's because he um, throws the ball downfield to his his receivers and they go go up and get it sure he throws interceptions but you know what peyton ramsey has thrown five interceptions this year and they've been some costly picks a pick six uh, a pick on the opening drive against fiu pick in the end zone against rutgers uh, a bad throw against virginia and uh, uh, another one uh, against Michigan State when they're trying to come back. Uh, So this whole he takes care of the ball, completes 70% of his passes, well, great. Guess what? You're throwing for five yards, uh, you know, six, seven yards a a throw uh, and a 10 which isn't good enough, uh, in in my opinion. Trace McCorley's completed 52.9% of his passes, uh, but he, he throws it downfield and he's thrown it less, less times, and he's got a, you know 1,049 yards. Uh, and then you look at uh, Dwayne Haskins, who's up above 70%, but he's thrown for 1,400 yards. He's, you know, Ohio State fans want him to play, and, and as good as JT Barrett was, and I'm not comparing Ramsey to JT Barrett, because JT Barrett was a hell of a football player. Uh, but his inability to stretch the field with those receivers cost – Ohio State some wins and some big games, uh, and that's what I think the the comparison there is. You got a guy sitting on the bench uh, who has a cannon for an arm who could stretch the field and has shown you he could stretch the field. You're you're playing it uh, a little too conservative uh, for 2021, and if you're playing for 2021, nobody's used to coach Indiana then.
1: Yeah, I, I don't disagree with any of that. I, I do think, um, you know, I personally, I think Peyton Ramsey has, has had a pretty good season. I think his legs are an asset. I think he has done a nice job uh, of, of extending plays and, and making plays with his legs. Um, and I do think that Mike DeBoard has done a better job of using that part of Ramsey's game uh, than we saw last season. So that's a positive Um and I do think that Peyton Ramsey has, you know, he's done a good job of doing what the offense has asked him to uh, thus far. So, you know, I, I don't want to um, – I, I hope we're not coming across – I'll speak for myself only, but I hope we're not coming across as too overly negative uh, of what he has done so far because he has helped lead Indiana to a 4-1 and one start, um, you know, which – in my opinion, I know that the optics of Saturday's game were not good, uh, particularly that second half. Uh, but you know, as a longtime IU football fan, I can say that uh, I certainly won't scoff at, at four and one. Um, you know, with with a couple of good victories mixed in there, they haven't beaten just you know, uh, state directional U and um, you know, and and little sisters of the poor. I mean, there's a couple of good wins in there. Um, and I, I still, they've, they've had a good start to the season, and the September was realistically just about as good as you could hope for uh, overall. So, I, you know, I, I think that that's something for uh, to be recognized and, and on the positive side of things. Um, but I, I do agree with you that uh, for Indiana to uh, have as good a season as possible, which, of course, is the goal. You know, to have to reach your potential as a team, um, you know, I, I think that there needs to be that additional element on offense. Um, and if if you don't get that from Peyton Ramsey and if Michael Penix is not going to play, they have to find another way uh, to have, you know, big explosive plays. And I'm not sure what that would be, but, you know, you've got to have that in your offense. Um, you, you will not be able to beat good defenses consistently You'll score here and there, sure, uh, but you won't be able to score consistently on good defenses um, just picking up four or five yards on uh, on passes and, and the occasional you know, 12- to 15-yard slants across the middle. Uh, it, that stuff will dry up real quick against really good defenses. So um, you know, I think that's where we're at with it. Um, overall, really good start, a lot to be positive about. Um, but certainly some things to be concerned about as well as we head to October. So um, I, I'm I'm very pleased with where the program's at, and where I also have to recognize um, what we feel is a you know big concern heading forward.
0: Uh, yeah, it, it, you know you you sign up for a four and one four and one start, and you kind of get a little spoiled with what could have been and and what's. Uh the unknown uh sitting on the sideline, but four and one is as good as anybody could ask for. You had a shot at five and oh uh but four yep. and one realistically, if you would have told I fans at the beginning of the year, you're gonna be four and one uh heading into Ohio State they would have signed up for it uh, all right yeah. heading and, into and if you would Ohio-
1: told if you would have told the like national media uh that would have been far exceeding expectations. Um, Because, I mean, I I think right now you're just almost at the ceiling of what most national people thought this team would be.
0: Yeah, and uh, a lot of national outlets said four and eight, three and and nine, uh, something along those lines, maybe a five and seven uh, or a six and six, uh, you know, which was the rare call. Let's go into, dive into Ohio State a little bit. Game, I used. Seven-point underdogs going into this. Uh, Ohio State's coming off a big win uh, in Happy Valley. It's it's a team that uh, is now number three in the nation, uh, has national title aspirations. Is you know always cognizant of the Hoosiers coming in since they've given them fits uh, the last couple of years. So Ohio State's not going to take Indiana lightly. Uh, to me, this game is it's. Yeah, you know, just just survive it for Indiana. You have a you have a tough game against Iowa coming up uh, at home. You, you got a few guys banged up uh, that you'll you'll lead it back. A WAP failure, Luke Timian, Jacob Robinson, uh, to name you a uh, Sean Riggins uh, didn't play last week as well. Uh, get those guys healthy. If it were me, I would uh, I I would hold them uh a little bit you know just to get everybody help health for Iowa you could hit that game uh at 100 percent. just get out of Columbus healthy don't get embarrassed don't lose 63-3 or something like that uh put forth your best effort keep guys healthy and uh and head into Iowa four and two that that might be a defeatist way to look at it but you know, let's be realistic. I wasn't I won at Ohio State since uh nineteen eighty seven. They haven't beaten Ohio State since nineteen eighty eight. And I don't think this is the year to, to do it. And uh especially coming off off that win at Rutgers, which was less inspiring. But get guys healthy. You get if you could get WAP back Iowa, if you could get Luke Timion back for Iowa, you know, you feel pretty good about your chances into that game. Uh what what are your thoughts going into Ohio State? Uh,
1: I mean, I it's a really bad matchup. Uh, first and foremost, um, you know, the, the one spot where you feel like Ohio State might have some uh, vulnerability would be their their secondary. Um, I didn't think it looked particularly good against Penn State, and I think that uh, I think Penn State uh, was really missing the play calling of Joe Moorhead um, because I I feel like they in my opinion, they took the foot off the gas there in the third, and fourth quarter, and allowed the Buckeyes to get get on their uh, get back on their toes uh, defensively, and um, just that little bit of uh, little bit of a, a breath was all Ohio State needed uh, to seize back momentum and and take that game back over, uh, and eventually win it. It was a great game, but uh, you know, the the one vulnerability they might have would be that secondary. Um, Trace McSorley was tearing it apart, and uh, it's an area that Indiana, I don't think is, as we discussed you know, uh, extensively here, it's not something that IU has really proven to be able to exploit so far this year. So um, I don't know how IU's offense is going to be able to consistently move the ball on Ohio State, and I think it's going to put the Hoosiers' defense in a lot of bad positions. Uh, where they're going to be asked to make stops on short fields or, um, you know, uh, with poor field position or just get tired and worn down by having to be on the field too much. Uh, Dwayne Haskins, obviously, you know, is a big uh, big plus for the Buckeyes, at quarterback and their receivers, I thought, did a pretty good job of actually making some plays uh, for themselves. It's a position group that has been kind of picked at um, over the last few seasons for... Kind of an inability to make big plays out of, you know, maybe short bubble screens or um, quick slants, just a kind of a lack of explosion from that unit. Uh, but they provided some of that Saturday night. Uh, and then, of course, they have Dobbins and Weber, which are, you know, a good one two punch at tailback. Um, so I think I use defense is up to the challenge of, you know, uh, putting up some resistance against Ohio State. Uh, but I, I I anticipate this being a game where um, they just wear down, and uh, because I use offense, will not be able to consistently move it against the Buckeyes, and their their pass rush is going to really be an issue. Um, you know, Michigan State's defensive line is very good, and it gave I use offensive line fits, and I, I think we're probably going to see a lot of the same on Saturday.
0: Yeah, it's this is a very good Ohio State team. Uh, who's carrying the banner for the Big Ten? Uh, it's probably yeah, the Big Ten's I, I best shot the- to get to the to the college yeah. football playoff. They they get Michigan at home. They already beat Penn State. They got to go to Michigan State. Other than that, the, their schedule sets up well to go twelve and zero. Uh, and, and we'll oh, yeah. see. Uh, you know, Dwayne Haskins has has a big arm. Can run it when he needs to. Uh, it's going to be a little different of a Ohio State offense, as we've seen in the past with J.T. Barrett running that read option, and a lot of times in the past that J.T. Barrett has had to run the ball 25 times against IU uh, to pull out the win, but uh, Ohio State has two very good running backs, J.K. Dobbins and Mike Weber. They're both around 300 yards-ish uh, rushing. Uh, they could, they're home run so they could score from anywhere on the field, pass Campbell has come into his own as a wide receiver. Yep. He's one of the fastest guys in college football. He could score uh, from any field. Their special teams are solid. Uh, you know, this is, it's a, a good opportunity for IU. It's going to be a national television at four o'clock on Fox. Um, but it's, it's a game where you just don't want anybody to get hurt. He uh, is, you sit there and, and you and you watch and you say just just get get through this game healthy get to Iowa and you're past you're already out now you're done with half of the, the the Big Four and the Big Ten East and you're sitting at four and two which is yep. you know it, it, it's good enough uh, and then you, this is a tough October for IU you got Ohio State on the road Iowa at home Penn State at home and then on a short week you go to Minnesota. Uh, and, and that wraps up October. So it, it's a tough start to October. I, I wouldn't be too discouraged if you know Indiana lost this game 42-13 or 42-10 or something like that. Uh, get some guys some big time experience and just get out healthy. Because if you get if if a couple guys, a couple important, more important guys get banged up. It makes Iowa a little bit tougher, makes Penn State a little bit tougher, and it sure makes Minnesota a lot tougher. Uh, and, and then you go into November needing two, uh, to win two out of three. And it's uh, all last year getting three in a row in, in November. Those are always tough games. And I know Purdue will like nothing else but to, to buy you out of the postseason two years in a row. And, and they're probably. Jeff Brom has them bowling this year uh it would be a big surprise after that 0 and 3 start uh in their schedule coming up yeah. so that they could be getting yeah, but- at six seven losses uh there but they're they're going to be fired up if, if their attitudes probably if we can't go to bowl I I use short held not going to bowl either uh so they'll be fired up and playing hard uh for that game and and you saw their uh a revenge game against Nebraska, but Nebraska put some bulletin board material out there. And, and I think Purdue's players took it to heart. So they're going to play hard for, well, for coach Brom, Nebraska, but we'll see. Good. No, but we'll see. Yeah. But when uh, Scott Frost says, this is a winnable game, probably the most winnable game or something like that. Uh, it's yeah. not going to go over well um, with, with Purdue and, and credit to Purdue. They went in there and, and and kick their ass. Uh, But we'll see. Their schedule coming up um, is is mighty difficult. They're on a bye week this week, and then they get Illinois, or they have Illinois this week and a bye week, but they still have to play uh, Ohio State at home, at Michigan State, Iowa at home, and Wisconsin at home, and they have to go to Minnesota and Indiana. Uh, So, You know, we'll see where where Purdue is, but just get out of this game against Ohio State. Healthy, Uh, you know, put put forth a good good effort, a good fight. Maybe you know, empty the bag a little bit in terms of trick plays. uh, Put some things on tape. You know, you have nothing to lose uh, in this game. You're 27 point underdogs. If if Peyton Ramsey throws it deep and he gets picked off, big deal. Um, You know, who? It's it's not a big deal. Uh, but it'd be good to see him throw it throw it deep against a secondary who kind of got beat up. They're, they're going to be missing, I think, Isaiah Pryor for the first half of, of this game. And uh, net is banged up and, and things like that. So if there's a chance to, to get some big plays, some momentum plays like that, and, and you have some receivers who can make those plays, go throw it up. Um what I'll be very surprised is if if I see Michael Penix this week, I'm gonna be shocked. I might fall out of the press box. Um, if Michael Penix comes in this week, um, if it's not for if Peyton Ramsey gets banged up, I'm, I'm sure you'll see Penix. But um, we'll see. Uh, predictions on the game?
1: Well, uh, I predict pain. Uh, just kidding. Um, I. Gosh, Ohio State obviously is going to win. Um I, I think this would be if Indiana were to win on Saturday it would be one of the more uh shocking results in, in college football history to be honest with you. Uh I so I will say um, I'll say Ohio State to win forty eight uh um I think the Hoosiers get a couple of scores. Uh, I'll say 48 to 17. So I guess Ohio State would cover in that scenario. Um, uh, again, I really there are zero expectations, and there's not a whole lot to take out of uh, out of this game, in my opinion. Um, I think when we we'll, we'll probably you know watch it. We will uh, certainly observe and um, hopefully glean some things from from some guys. Uh, maybe. Some take some individual performances out of it and uh, take some, some larger things out of it. But my guess would be uh, – my hope would be that everybody stays healthy and that we simply uh, you know, chalk it up as a loss and um, move forward right away to, to thinking about a, a much more um, winnable game and a big matchup against Iowa, um, a team that the more that I've watched them you know, the more that I'm convinced, they have a, a terrific defense um, that does have some flaws, though, and they have a, a, an offense that really lacks firepower right now. Um, so, I, you know, that's a game that initially, before the season, you looked at and said, eh, that's going to be a tough one to get, and it still will, but it is winnable, whereas this Saturday... Uh, I I don't see that as being the case. I think Ohio State's going to the college football playoff. Uh, I think at Penn State will be uh, just about as impressive a win as anybody in the country ends up with, and um, that's certainly one they should be proud of. Um, uh, They'll they'll probably kind of sleepwalk through parts of this game against Indiana, but uh, I think that they will build a significant lead before
0: doing so. Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna go with you on on that one, TJ. I'm gonna take Ohio State, uh, 45, Indiana 13. Uh, it's IU just doesn't have the firepower uh, to score more than that against this uh, Ohio State team. At least that, at least that's what they've shown us uh, so far this year. And, yeah. and I'll go back to it again. If, if like the board has things hidden away, what are you waiting for? Um, and that's what it, it kind of seemed like after the Purdue game last year was like uh, we didn't leave it all on the field and, and that's what was disappointing and that's kind of what it is trending to this year it's like you're, you're leaving bullets in the chamber and uh, Indiana needs to fire all all the bullets they have uh, to get six wins it's not going to be this week I'll be ecstatic if they, they shock the world but I'm gonna go 45-13, uh, Ohio State. Just get out of this one healthy. Move on to homecoming. You should have a nice crowd for homecoming. You're still four and two, uh, and, and your two losses to the top, you know, top 15 teams or top 20 teams uh, in the country, and, and that's nothing to, to be that upset about. Uh, so no, that that that's gonna do it. The game kicks off at four o'clock on Fox. A late afternoon game. I think it's Indiana's first game on Fox since the Foster Farms bowl. Uh, so we'll see, uh, maybe it'll be a Gus, a Gus Johnson game, uh, but we'll see. Uh, so tune in on, on Fox at four o'clock, come back to dot for all your analysis. We do have some good features coming up on, on, uh, young defensive backs. I use offense spreading the ball around to, uh, a whole bunch of receivers, uh, which is good to see. And, uh, Damian, and uh, sorry, Raquan Jones uh, stepping up, becoming a, a vocal leader on the field and in the locker room for this team. Follow us on Twitter at Hoosier underscore Huddle. TJ, as always, thanks for joining me.
1: Absolutely. Thanks, everybody. Have a good week.